Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The last verse of that hymn that we sang, I am content my Jesus ever lives, teaches us much about what we confess in the creeds regarding the resurrection of the body, the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the flesh. I am content, at length I shall be free, awakened from the dead, arising glorious evermore to be with you, my living head. The chains that hold my body sever, then shall my soul rejoice forever. I am content. I am content. Dear friends in Christ, are you? Are you content? We just sang it. It's either a declaration of who we are, a bold confession of faith, or it's a pious hope, a pious wish, maybe even an outright lie. Maybe you didn't sing those words because you're not content for whatever reason. Tonight we take a look at very, very wonderful, amazing words, words that have been popularized both in and outside of the church by song, the Valley of the Dry Bones, Ezekiel 37. There are many people that love to look at Ezekiel 37 because it gives them hope and contentment. Why? Because as our bodies wear out, as our bodies fail, as our bodies die, as our dead bones are placed in the ground, we have the promise that one day, when the time is right, Jesus will return. In the same way that we saw him going into heaven, he will physically stand upon the earth. And all the dead bodies will come back to life. Everyone, bodies and souls will be reunited in our flesh. Believers will see the Lord and experience heaven in all of its fullness. In our flesh, unbelievers, body and soul, will experience the torments of hell. Judgment day cometh, and right soon. The resurrection of the flesh that we confess in the creeds that we sang in this hymn, a marvelous teaching, one we don't think about or talk about much at all, except at the graveside, as we are saying our final goodbyes to our loved ones. We have a marvelous picture here about dead bones and bones coming back to life and, and bones having muscles and sinews on them. Natural, isn't it? To think about the last day and the resurrection of the flesh. It's natural. 
And we can certainly make allusions to that from Ezekiel 37. But this is not what Ezekiel 37 is all about. Truly, we believe in the resurrection of the flesh on the last day. But Ezekiel 37 is teaching us, encouraging us with something different. We have this picture, God gives Ezekiel this picture of a valley full of bones. Sounds like an Indiana Jones movie, doesn't it? The bones were very dry. This is not a fresh kill. They've been there for a while. The sun has bleached these bones. The vultures and the wolves have pecked at these bones. There's nothing left. Dry, dead bones. And so, son of man, can these bones live? What do you think, Ezekiel? What do you think? I'm God, you're not. You're in the middle of a valley of dead, dry bones. Can these dead, dry bones live? I'm sure Ezekiel wanted to say, no way. But in faith, he said, O oh Lord God, you know. You know. A bunch of dry, dead bones, bleached by the sun, picked over by vultures and carrion. There is no logical way, no reasonable way, no human way that these bones can live. And then he says, talk to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. And Ezekiel does just that. The bones rattled. The bones came together. But now instead of a valley of dead dry bones, he's got a bunch of skeletons clanging around. There's no real life in them. Why? Because there is no breath in them. And then the Lord says to Ezekiel, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Well, now we find out something more about those dead bones, don't we? They were killed. They were slain. Maybe, maybe in a great battle. Certainly no accident. So Ezekiel prophesied as God had commanded. And the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. We still don't know who these bones belong to. We don't know anything about this great army. They were killed. They were slain. These dry bones had no hope of life until God 
directs Ezekiel to preach the word to these dead, dry bones. God teaches us. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are clean cut off. How did these dead, dry bones get in the valley? They were killed by a lack of hope. They were killed by hopelessness. The children of Israel had been carried off into captivity. Cyrus of Babylon. They were cut off. They were removed from their homeland. And the people had given up hope. And because they had no hope, they had no life. And because they had no life, they were nothing more, even though they were physically alive. Spiritually, they were nothing more than a valley of dead, dry bones. I ask you again, are you content? Are you content? Are you content with your life? Are you content with your health? Are you content with your bank account? Are you content with your political leaders? Are you content with the things that have transpired over the last 13 months or so? Are you content with your spouse, your parents, your kids? The list goes on and on and on. We sang in the hymn, I am content. Why? Because Jesus is risen from the dead. No matter what earthly situation we have, we have the hope, the promise, the guarantee of the forgiveness of sins. God fills us with hope. Romans 5, Abraham hoped against hope. Everything that his eyes saw, everything that his ears heard, everything that his body experienced said that God was a liar. How could a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old wife make a baby? Yet he hoped against hope. My friends, we hope against hope. We cling to the Word of God. The Word of God which gives us life. The Word of God which gives us hope. The Word of God that takes our dry, dead bones and brings them to life. There are many of us that are physically alive. But in reality, because of the cares and worries of this world, 
were nothing more than a bunch of dry bones. We know it. We just don't want anybody else to know it. So we cover up our sin. We self-justify our actions. We pretend that we're happy and joyful and full of hope. We put on a show. But God knows. And we can only keep up the act for so long. And then after a while, our true nature, our spiritually dead nature, begins to show. Our lack of hope manifests itself in a variety of ways. Maybe depression, maybe anger. Maybe we are full of fear and doubt. Hopelessness consumes us. Melancholy leads to a fear of impending gloom and death. We try as we might. We try every human effort, every human trick, and we have no life because we have no hope. My friends, we've all been there. At some point in time, we have all been there. Maybe you are there right now. Maybe you've been there and are afraid that's where you're going. My friends, hear the word of God. The word of God, which gives you life. The same word of God that brought you life in the waters of holy baptism. That word of God will restore your hope. It may not change the circumstances of the world or your life or even your own physical body, but you will have hope and your whole outlook on life will change. God will fill you with hope because you know your sins are forgiven. God will fill you with hope because the forgiveness of sins changes your relationships with one another. The perfect love of Jesus Christ will drive away your fear and fill you with hope and gladness and that ever-elusive joy. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. This is God's ironclad promise for you. It's no coincidence that this Old Testament reading is paired with the doubting Thomas account in John 21. Thomas was not content. Thomas had no hope. Thomas had cut himself off 
from the body of Christ. And because he had no hope, he had lost his faith. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and his cut in his side and put my fingers into the nail marks and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. My friends, that is the statement of hopelessness. Jesus' words brought Thomas from death to life. All he said was, peace be with you. Peace be with you. The forgiveness of sins is yours. My friends, our God is a God of life, not a God of death. He wants you to have life. He wants you to live your life. He wants you to live it to the full. He wants you to be free in Jesus Christ to laugh and sing and love. And at times, even cry. I know what it is to have a lot says the Apostle Paul in Philippians. I know what it is to be in want. I have learned the secret in any and every situation. The secret to contentment. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, my Lord. My friends, be content. Be filled with hope and joy. Why? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our hope in Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold to confess.